Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. This is the Buffalo Bills postgame show. Here's Nate Geary. Good evening and welcome into the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. The Bills uh, dropped their season opener in heartbreaking fashion, 22-16 to to the New York Jets. A punt return touchdown in overtime seals the fate of the Bills who fall to 0-1 in the division and 0-1 overall the New York Jets move to 1-0 to start the year and the Bills and New England Patriots find themselves in 0-1 territory uh, and the Dolphins and Jets in 1-0 territory much like um, we've sort of been hearing all offseason that the Jets and Dolphins are sort of the, uh, the 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 teams looking to take over the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. Well, they certainly got off to quick starts to start the season. The Dolphins getting a big 36-34 win yesterday and the Jets getting a win over the Bills to start this season on Monday Night Football. But where to start uh, is less about how this game ended in overtime and more about where Josh Allen and this Bills offense goes from here, mostly because this is a Bills offense that, for the better part of this game, beat themselves. You saw glimpses of opportunity. You saw glimpses of efficiency from this offense, specifically on the game-tying field goal drive at the end of the fourth quarter to push the game to 16-all, but... I think there's a much larger story at play. Josh Allen, four turnovers, three of which came in the second half on four of their first four possessions. So three turnovers on their first four possessions of the second half. They score three points in total in the second half. Aaron Rodgers goes down in this game, four plays into the football game. And if you're a Jets fan, if you're watching this at home, if you're really just about anybody, the likelihood of anyone taking the New York Jets after Aaron Rodgers goes down with what is presumed to be a season-ending injury, it looked like an Achilles injury, uh, Justin, or I'm sorry, Jordan Schultz of Yahoo Sports is reporting that they, they, they do believe they fear it's a uh, Achilles injury for Aaron Rodgers. You sort of feel like you can bury all of the Jets' chances with Zach Wilson, who comes in the game and almost throws immediately throws an interception to Matt Milano. But it was after that interception that things really became and really unraveled for Josh Allen in this offense, throwing two consecutive interceptions and then th- and then fumbling the football on the third drive uh, I'm sorry the fourth drive of the second half and listen I think there's a lot to be said about the psyche of this football team going into this game Um, how things ended last year the offseason drama with Stefan Diggs this game 
sort of front and center falls on the shoulders of Josh Allen, who who cannot continue to make the same mistakes year in and year out and expect different results. And that's what we saw this evening from Josh Allen, from this offense. I thought for the most part that Ken Dorsey called a pretty good football game against a really, really good Jets defense and a Bills offensive line that struggled really all night, maybe most pointedly by right tackle Spencer Brown, who really struggled almost all night, um, whether it was bull rushes, whether it was speed rushes on the outside, um, having to keep an extra sixth guy in uh, really limits what the Bills can do from a passing perspective. They didn't really do much on the ground. 22 carries for 97 yards, a 4.4 yards per carry average. James Cook had an okay game, 12 carries, 46 yards. Josh Allen, 6 for 36. Um, but at the end of the day, this this game wasn't going to be won uh, by the Bills and, and how efficient they are running the football. This was going to be won by the arm of Josh Allen, uh, a healthy Josh Allen. But this was a Bills offense that in the second half just completely went away. And again, I just blame the turnovers. But at a certain point here, you know, as much as in all the evening I felt like I was defending Ken Dorsey on Twitter, it's hard to defend running the football. You you get an opportunity, you push this thing to overtime. Winning this football game ugly is winning the foot game football game ugly. And you still wouldn't have felt good about it, but at least you win the football game and you move to one and zero on the season. Spencer Brown who, you know, if you want to talk about frustrating players in this game, Josh Allen may be most pointedly the most frustrating player in this football game with all the turnovers and um, with the game on the line going down the field and, and putting them in a position to kick a game-tying field goal. But, man, if you're talking about most frustrating players, it's hard to move past Spencer Brown. I mean, you know, I just talked about his inability to, to keep Josh Allen upright. Uh, Josh Allen was sacked five times. It probably should have been more than that. Spencer Brown goes off sides in the first the first play of overtime and puts the Bills in a back back in a situation and against the number one defense in football, if not the number one, the number they're one of the best defenses in football. You need your third year right tackle not to go off sides on the first play of overtime. You just that is just inexcusable. Inexcusable play by Spencer Brown. All all evening, really. And then it's capped off by just a terrible penalty. Just killing your momentum. An incompletion on first down, and you turn around and hand the football off out of shotgun on second and 15 in overtime. Just galaxy brain stuff here in this game. Every reason the Bills should have lost this football game tonight. Every single reason. You, you could point at a lot of things, but man, it better start with you pointing at yourself because Josh was bad, the defense cannot defend the run, and it's the same issues every single year with this run defense. It is new personnel in some cases. It's new play caller, and the same issues persist. They are fundamental issues of run lanes remaining in your run gap, in your run lane, and tackling. Those are the two, when you get together in youth football, the two first things you learn to do when you play team defense is remain in your run fits and tackle the football. And the Bills struggled to do that all night. Brees Hall finishes 10 for 127. He averaged 12 yards a carry in this game against this Bills defense. Bernard, uh, Terrell Bernard looked lost. But you know what? you got to give your young linebacker a damn chance. And when you're rushing upfield, as Ed Oliver and, 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 frankly, Jordan Phillips did a bunch tonight, you just don't even give your linebackers a chance to make a play. I, I, it's just it's hard for me to even have conversations about this defense, though, because, yes, they gave up some big runs in some pretty untimely situations. 
But don't get it twisted. This is not a, the defense's failure. They held the Jets to 22 points. Frankly, they held them to 16 in regulation. You give up a punt return. A punt return. Touchdown. <sighs> Man. Just a incredibly, incredibly frustrating way to start the season. And listen, you know, I, I, I think you, you look at this from the perspective that the conversations about this Bills team for the last month, really for the last eight months, have been difficult for Bills fans, man. You know, listening to how they have been perceived and doing yourself no favors in the response in your first opportunity the next year. Not getting Dalton Kincaid involved enough in the offense. I think that's a failure offensively. Josh Allen on that third interception on third and four has a wide open Stephon Diggs over the middle of the field. Up until that last drive, Stephon Diggs had two targets in the second half. Two to your best offensive player not named Josh Allen. It, it, it's to, I get at Listen, I can understand Stephon Diggs' frustration at times. How do you have two targets to the best player on your offense, the best skilled player? That's a failure of play calling, and it's a failure of execution by Josh Allen. Throw Diggs the damn ball. 803-0550 are your, is your number to call. Uh, it's time now to get connected and get our first response from the fans, brought to you by Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit teamluzzy.com. Let's go to Mark in Wasenica, who kicks us off this evening. Uh, good evening, Mark. You're on the Buffalo Bills postgame show. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Good. Um, Josh Allen. I mean, honestly, Sean McDermott could have walked up to Josh Allen at halftime and said, what I want you to do is score zero points in the second half, not turn the ball over. We would have won the game. He's age 27. He's six years into the league. And he still makes a blizzard of ding-dong plays. And I'm sure when he goes up to the press conference, does his post-game, whatever, tonight, I'm sure he's going to say, I shouldn't have made those bad plays. There comes a point where you have to realize he's incapable of not making those bad plays. And honestly, like, I'm not some drunken fan that's calling you and going to say stupid stuff tonight. I mean, Josh Allen is who this team's quarterback is going to be. If I'm Sean McDermott, though, we can beat the Raiders with Kyle Allen. I would start Kyle Allen in week two, let Josh Allen sit on the bench and watch the whole game, and I would tell Josh, this is what you get for doing this yet again six years into the league. You'll start week three. You're our starting quarterback, but you're going to sit on the bench because you played like a doofus tonight, and this team will never win a Super Bowl if Allen does not learn from these mistakes. It's the same crap year after year after year thanks thanks for the call mark um you know first call bench josh allen so exactly kind of how i figured this night was going to go good for me good for all of us i don't disagree with your points generally speaking but uh, yeah i mean i let's go to another call let's go to mike in north tonawanda mike you're on the post game show welcome mike hey um yeah, I was kind of agreeing with that caller up until he said yeah. Ben Josh Allen, too. I was like, holy yeah. cow, that's a little uh, extreme. Um, if we had a better backup quarterback, I would almost uh, kind of agree with it. But still, even then, I'd be like, uh, that guy's a little crazy. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. This coaching staff, whatever, the GM, they jumped the line to get Kincaid. They didn't use any of these guys today. There was no looks, like, really. I, Kincaid had a couple catches maybe in the first half. The tight ends were non-existent tonight. Um if you're going to be a good head coach and a good offensive coordinator, you have to adjust to the other team's defense. In my opinion, I'm just some schlep sitting on a couch. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got to adjust to the other team. The Jets are a hard-hitting team. They're a fast team. You know what they're going to bring. We faced them twice last year. Maybe do a little different things. And what that last caller was saying, yes, he is prone to turnovers, Allen. So maybe – keep things a little simple for him as a coaching staff against a defense like the Jets. Yeah, against the Raiders, you could go willy-nilly against, I don't know, whatever. Even Tampa looked good this week. I don't even know looking at the schedule ahead. I'm not going to get get crazy. But uh, with, with a guy like Allen, yes, there are teams where you have to keep things simple. And I feel like the coaching staff fails him in games like this against the Jets. And this isn't a fluke. You go back to the second half of last year. I don't know if Allen needs a sports psychologist or something, but since like the Green Bay game, even before he got hurt against the Jets, there was like weird, like the blowout against the Steelers last year. He looked like this. He looked like he, the MVP was a lock. And then something happened. I don't know what, but he looked a little off as a person or as a quarterback. And then, he, then the injury obviously compounded everything. And then, this isn't some fluke. They scratched and clawed against Miami, the third-string quarterback last year. Then you watched the Dolphins yesterday. You can't even imagine hanging against the Dolphins in a couple weeks. Yeah. Forget about, like, the Raiders or whatever. I'm sorry. Thanks for taking my call. No, thanks Thanks and, for the uh, call, Mike. Yeah, have a good night. No, I appreciate it. Listen, it's this is a frustrating game. Um, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I think we're all going to be scratching our heads, searching for straws, whatever, the, whatever seeing you want to throw in here about what the move is. I, I'm going to tell you this. It, from from a perspective of trying to do the job of not doomsdaying this entire season based on this first game, this game is difficult on a lot of levels because it remains, or I guess what I'm trying to say is the concerns around this game are the repeat, the repeated things, the repeated shortcomings of this football team. And some of the warts that are popping back up that we saw last year. This is a listen, this is a game with Zach with Zach Wilson in in a schedule for the remainder of the season that is as tough as it gets as in, in football. For you to drop a game to to Zach Wilson, I, it could just really be the thing towards the end of the year you look back at and say, I mean, that just kills you. And I think the repeated mistakes by Josh Allen and the first the first two interceptions to me were absolutely egregious interceptions. Just throwing the football, being careless with the football. That third interception, that is what it is. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good play by Whitehead. The first two interceptions to me are inexcusable by any stretch of the imagination. No quarterback should be making that play. Throwing the backside vertical. It's just, it's, there is a lot of blame to go around in this game. It, it starts with Josh Allen. There's no doubt about it. It's hard to get to any of the other stuff, though, because of how poorly Josh played. And, how he feels, at least I, I think from the sounds of it, and what I'm sure we'll get tonight, is him being set up to fail. And I'm not, I don't know that. It's going to be hard for me to make a snap judgment without watching this game again in all 22 to know how well or unwell he was set up for success. 
I have the feeling he probably was set up fine, to be quite honest with you. Now, the play call in overtime. I mean, second and 15 run call. It's an all-timer. It's an all-time terrible call. But after, before that, it, to me, it really wasn't a terrible game, for, uh, at least play-calling-wise, from Ken Dorsey. He, he needs a quarterback to play better. Let's go to Mark in D.C. Mark, you're on the post-game show. Welcome, Mark. How's it going, Nate? Good. Um, I, Alan, tonight, I'm not going to call in about how he needs to be replaced. That's actually ridiculous. But what is he doing, man? I, this is his sixth year in the league, and he has not learned anything. Anything. I don't know. They keep talking about the coaches telling him they're training him. They're trying to tell him to calm down. They're trying to not get these crazy interceptions that he's been throwing. The three picks today are inexcusable. Inexcusable. Not to mention, he's running on third down in 12 or whatever it is. He's seven yards, and he hurdles a guy, and he's five yeah. yards short. Yeah. You know that is going to be a – you know that that play right there is a field goal, right, Nate? That is an underrated – Mark, that's such an underrated point. I, I, just, I don't even know how we could get right. to that dumb – that like, dumbass play. You know, you know that that is going to be a field goal, and you are five yeah. to six yards short of the first down. You just go down, right? You know that it's going to be a field goal. You're hurdling two guys. Now, he doesn't get hurt, but irregardless of the point, what are you doing? Yeah. And that coupled with the three picks, which honestly, if he – the one, he could have ran for a first down, and – the three picks he throws are inexcusable, Nate. Inexcusable. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. I, I just a super, to me, underrated talking point in that game is plays like that. Not getting out. There's a five plays where Allen's running the football, has a clear lane, got the first down, a clear walk off of the field without taking a hit, and he turns back in and puts his nose into a play. And I, it's just, yeah, we've got Josh Allen now who's at the podium. What do you got to do to get, get it on track? Yeah, I mean, mindset-wise, just trusting what I see and sticking with it and not trying to force anything. And um, It's a good defense we played, but, you know, we can't play two guys. Can't play them and us, and I played us tonight, and, yeah. I know it's fresh, Josh, right, but, like, this is something we had talked about. You had made it a point to say you were going to try and make a concerted effort to limit the turnovers this year. Uh, maybe what are you seeing or not seeing, and, and maybe take me inside that comment. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going out there and, and trying to trying to throw interceptions. Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out on tape and try to correct it. And got to correct it fast. We got a short week and can't let this, uh, this game turn into two. Can you take us through just what happened on the fumble today? Yeah, just kind of slipped through my hands. We had a motion. I went to grab it. Um, I was just trying to get yards and um, got, just got hit on multiple sides and just fumbled the ball. In the third and three, throw for uh, Gabe, I think it was, on the right sideline. Just kind of what you think there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the kid made a good play. Whitehead made a good play on that one. Um, still, I mean, still can miss outside there and you know, third and three, just knowing the situation, and I'm starting on that side, but maybe getting back to to Diggs running on the shallow there. Josh, when you said us and them, playing us and them, or two people, what were you? What do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean I can't. 
I, I hurt our team tonight. I cost our team tonight. And it feels really similar to last year, and I hate that it's the same. I do. Why do you think this defense gives everybody on offense so much trouble? Um, I mean, I think their pass rush does a good job of disrupting things. I think they they play smart defense. You know, they don't do a, a whole lot. They're not overcomplicated. Um, you know, I think Mosley's a good player in the middle. Um, they they caught the ball a few times tonight, and it's, it's on me. Josh, when you say you're really similar to last year, I know this was such a point of emphasis. Is it more of a surprise of something they did, or is there anything you can kind of pinpoint it on? Uh, again, I couldn't tell you right now. I've got to go watch and, and learn from this one. You the other with one the turnovers, was there a feeling that you were still just one knockout punch away, one more score from kind of putting it out of reach? Yeah, I mean, our, our offense, you know, had no quit. Um, getting two-minute, getting a field goal. You know, Bass kicked a, a heck of a kick there at the end of regulation um, and gave ourselves a, a chance to win the game in overtime and just didn't execute. The other specific one, uh, the first drive of the third quarter, Quinn and Williams had pressure off the middle there. Did that kind of, a, you went deep. Did that affect your throw, did you think? Did you put your arm hit? Um, no, it didn't, didn't hit my arm. It may have forced me to make a decision. Um, but again, that's no one's situation understanding what I can and can't do, and I can't do that there. Josh, Josh why, usually, the, why the, uh, in the overtime, second and 15, why, why run the ball there in that situation? Oh, I mean, too high shell, just trying to steal some yards back. Josh, you always seem to take it on yourself when things don't go well, but this seems almost more personal in how you feel about how you play. Does this feel different than other games where things haven't gone your way? No, I mean, at the end of the day, I still had a chance to win it, and that's, that's one thing I'll always have is just the, the confidence to go out there and get it done. And You know, we, we prepared so hard. The effort was there. Our guys played so hard. Defense gave us opportunities. Um, they played a heck of a game, and you know, it sucks when, you know, you feel like you're the reason, and I, I am the reason why we lost tonight. Do you feel yourself pressing at some point, or can you take us into how you're maybe negotiating in between series when the defense is out on the field? What do you need to do mentally to go back out there in the next series? Um, doing too much or thinking, you know, getting too aggressive mindset, or what? How are you handling that? Or trying to dial it in? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to talk to, to Kyle and Shane on the sideline and Joe and figure out what we can do best going forward and how to control that. To that point, did they kind of snowball, or were they all just very separate? They were separate. Um, I don't think it's really anything that they did. And make no mistake, they're they're a heck of a defense. But you know, I I made the decisions. It did look like you were having some conversations with Shaw and stuff in between those. What were they telling you to try to get you back on track during those moments? Just to keep trusting myself. The thought was got to still continue to play football. Yeah. All right, that is Bills quarterback Josh Allen after their 22 to 16 loss on opening night on Monday Night Football to the New York Jets. They fall to 0 in one on the season. When we come back, we'll continue taking your phone calls, get the reaction. We'll hear from head coach Sean McDermott as well. We'll get you stats of the game and everything else that uh, goes with the uh, first post-game show of the season. I'm Nate Geary. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. 
Allen looking left, now right. Pocket collapsing, rolling right, rolling to the sideline. Falls into the end zone, throws it to Diggs for a touchdown! Allen falling out of bounds, finds Diggs at the last possible second for a five-yard touchdown reception. That was the electric play of the game from Stefan Diggs, and it's brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai for an electrifying performance. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Before we continue taking more phone calls, let's get a quick check of the Skyworks stats of the game. Skyworks Equipment Rental, Building America from the ground up. Josh Allen in this game finishes 29-41, 236 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. He was sacked five times and finished with a quarterback rating of 62.7. James Cook leading the way on the ground for the Bills, only 3.8 yards per carry average uh, this evening on 12 carries, 46 yards. Stephon Diggs, 10 for 102, and yet in some way and somehow it feels like it wasn't enough. Uh, They they should have thrown the ball more to him, which they should have. 13 targets, 10 catches, 102 yards, and a score. Gabriel Davis, 2 for 32. Dalton Kincaid in his first NFL action, 4 for 26. Dawson Knox, 3 for 25. James Cook, 4 for 17. And Deontay Hardy had three catches, all of which came on the first drive uh, and and did not uh, get another target for the rest of the game. On the other side, it was Brees Hall leading the way for the New York Jets. 10 carries, 127 yards. Zach Wilson uh, in relief of Aaron Rodgers goes 14 of 21, 140 yards, a touchdown and an interception with an 81.4 quarterback rating. Alan Lazard, 2 for 46 in this game, led in terms of yardage. Garrett Wilson finishes the game 5 for 34 and the miraculous touchdown to take or to uh, to tie the game uh, late in the fourth quarter. And again, before we hit the phones, let's make sure we hit the managing the game, which is presented by the financial guys, Western New York's one stop financial stop. And looking into the management of the game from head coach, Sean McDermott and from offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, um, tough to give positive grades with a punt return touchdown, uh, to seal the game and a second and 15 run in overtime. Um, so a tough game overall for the team, Stephon Diggs, um, really kind of the lone bright spot for the team, going 10 for 102 in this game and a score. Uh, but from the coaching perspective, um, I thought time management was pretty lousy on the last drive, which I, I think forced them to ultimately have to kick the game-tying field goal instead of getting themselves in position to potentially go for the win in a touchdown. So overall, the coaching in this game, a um, little, little left to be desired, if I can say so myself. Let's go back to the phone to get connected with the fans. Yvonne in Kenmore. You're on the post-game show. Welcome, friend. Uh, I just want to iterate that uh, Josh Allen is a nuclear weapon, and uh, we should not be benching him. However, if you lose to Zach Wilson twice in a calendar year, you need to be fired from your job. Not a coordinator, not a special teams coach, the head coach and the GM. I don't care if they're good clappers and they have cool sunglasses. They're both drivers at teachers running an F1 team. Year after year, the clock management's an issue. The play calling since Dable is a complete and utter joke. The defensive play calling is scared. They've never been able to defend the run. You invest a quarter of a billion dollars in the quarterback and refuse to put anyone in front of him who's a competent blocker except for Deion Dawkins. You draft the next Kelsey. I don't even, if he had, I don't even know if he had a target, Nate. You've been given the keys to a hypercar, and you're driving like a scared grandmother, and you're filling the tank with 87-octane Camry fuel. I, I'm, I'm sitting in a, in a hotel room in Philadelphia, and I'm inconsolable. I'm sorry that I'm losing it, but they should be coaching high school football, not Josh Allen and Von Miller and Stephon Diggs. It's pathetic. 
I know you're not going to go Doomer, and I appreciate that, and I, I respect you for not going Doomer, but I will absolutely do it for you. This is pathetic. Things need to massively change on this team. We're, 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 we're driving this Ferrari into a wall. I will hang up and listen. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and let's hopefully beat the Raiders. Thank you, Bob. Uh, a lot of good hyperbole. Um, it's just, it's tough, right? Because a game like this, again, I, I, it's like you want someone's head on a platter, and the organization's failures in the biggest moments, again, I think is it's a little bit of this is scar tissue, and it's a franchise that has come short so many times. It's not just in this era; it's obviously in the four Super Bowls and. AFC and AFL and whatever you want. like, just this is a franchise that has never been able to get over the hump. And it becomes more and more frustrating when you see a quarterback as talented as Josh Allen feel like, you know, I think Yvonne's point is good about them not really being able to find ways to efficiently protect Josh. Now, I'm not going to blame pass rush on I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to blame their inability to block for a lot of the problems um, that, that Josh Allen had tonight and the turnovers that he had. Warren Sharp of Sharp Football. Josh Allen was pressured on 26% of his drop packs, which is the 10th lowest of any quarterback this week. Despite that, he took nine hits, third most, five sacks, fifth most, while being sacked on 11% of his drop packs, which was also the fifth most. They're having a tough time protecting him, and when you are – listen – Sorry that I'm going to do this to you right now. Um, I don't know if you know this about me. I played quarterback. Sorry to, I'm, I'm genuinely sorry to have to pull this card on you. Uh, it is really hard to play the position with confidence uh, to stand in the pocket when you are constantly being hit. Um, when you don't have trust in the offensive line in front of you, what happens is you drop your eyes quickly. I saw that on a number of occasions tonight. Josh Allen getting to the top of his drop, and instead of trusting it, stepping in and making a throw, making the read, he put his eyes down and sort of ran into sacks. Not the first time I've seen this from Josh Allen. He does, a generally speaking, a pretty good job of avoiding sacks. But what he did tonight on a lot of occasions was immediately at the top of his drop, impatient, put his eyes down, and tried to make a play as a runner. There, there felt like a lot of regression from Josh Allen in this game. This looked a lot like rookie year Josh Allen, if I'm being honest. Some of that's coaching. Some of that's on Josh. Some of that's on the offensive line. I think there's a lot of shared blame tonight. But, man, it's, it's just I, I'm having so much trouble thinking about anything else other than running the ball on second and 15 in overtime. I, 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 I want to talk about the three interceptions and the fumble. I can't get that out of my brain. I think with that, though, that was more just that was the culmination of an awful night that Dorsey himself wasn't even having a bad game necessarily. No. Play calling. And it was, it was fine. Just, it was. It, and, and we you know, we were talking a lot about this game, Nate, like throughout the night. It's just like it was like clearly like, guys, this is, it's, it's closer than it should be. You're, you're clearly dominating. Zach Wilson's in a quarterback. What's going on? And Dorsey, again, was not doing a bad job. Early on in the game, they were getting James Cook involved in the passing game quite often. Damian Harris was involved early in the passing game. They were giving, or they were taking what the Jets were giving them so, so well. But every time they did that, the impatience of Allen really shined through. And it almost felt like to me, and this is probably wrong, but this is where I'm at now, what, 
an hour after the game, it felt like that second and 15 run was them taking the ball out of Allen's hands and making sure that he didn't kill the game right yep. there. I mean, that's could be the case, but I mean, listen, yet you're, you're going to live and die on that sword, man. You are going to live and die by how Josh Allen plays and you got to trust that he can figure out a way to make plays towards the end of that game. And he did not. 803-0550. If you didn't know the number, I'm sure you did, but I'm obligated to tell you. Let's uh, pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, we've got a bunch of people on hold. We'll continue taking phone calls uh, throughout the evening. We'll get an eye on the quarterback. We'll get you the difference maker of the game as well. So we've got a lot to get to here over the next hour or so. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is Buffalo Bills football. Allen back to pass, fires to the right corner, picked off by Jordan Whitehead, his third interception of the game. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. We want to do an update here? I'm sorry, I, we'll, we'll kick it over to my man, Zach Jones, who is looking slightly less depressed than me, and I think it's only because he's enjoying taking all of your phone calls. I'm so here's Zach insane already, baby. I'm, I just come in just already feeling vibes. Looking around the rest of the NFL for some of the games we've already had this week as the Bills were the final game of the week. Early on on Thursday night, the Chiefs also start the season 0-1. They lose 21-20 to the Detroit Lions. The Bengals, an absolute disaster against Cleveland. Cleveland also seems to be Joe Burrow's kryptonite, just like the Jets seem to be Josh Allen's. Burrow's end up getting benched by the end of the game. He goes 14 for 31, 82 yards Nate, 82 yards before he's benched. Cleveland ultimately takes that game 24-3. to We also look around, go to the NFC now. San Francisco, dominating win against the Steelers early on Sunday afternoon, 30-7. to Kenny Pickett did not look good at all. Matt Canada, another kind of just questionable sticking around for the Steelers. We'll see how long that one sticks around for them. Washington gets a 20-16 win over the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Looking around the rest of the NFC, or the AFC, excuse me, Ravens 25-9 win over the Texans. The Packers, with Jordan Love now being their new starting quarterback, they get a 38-20 win over Justin Fields. Not the start Bears fans were hoping for there at all. The Raiders get a 17-16 win over the Broncos. By the way, Russell Wilson, what is this? 27 completions, 180 yards passing. Just not a good day at all in him and Sean Payton's debut. And the Dolphins, maybe with the most impressive performance of the weekend, a 36-34 win over the Chargers. And boy, oh boy, to Tonga Vailoa, 466 yards passing, three touchdowns, and Tyreek Hill off 15 targets, 11 catches, 250 yards, and two touchdowns. And then, of course, for Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys dominate the Giants 40 to zero. That sports update and scores around the league are delivered by the UPS store. Be unstoppable. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Temples, guys. You do, doing all right, you, bud? You doing all right? You rub the temples, and there's this little, um, uh, what would you call it, like a uh, pressure point between your index finger and your thumb. Um, that if you massage, um, they say that it can help uh, reduce general stress and anxiety. Um, but I am not a medical doctor, uh, so if you don't want to take my advice, uh, don't. It's the best I've got for you tonight. Let's go to Mike in Buffalo. Mike, thanks for waiting so patiently. You're on the post game show. Hey, Nate, thanks for taking my call. Sure. So a couple points. Um, I thought the pass rush looked really good. Floyd and Rousseau, I thought were awesome. Um, yes. Your uh, your recap, uh, the last recap we had, I kind of he kind of said the same thing. Burrow struggles with the Browns. Josh struggles with the Jets. Like no overreaction there, but <laughs> thirteen. There was thirteen to three, and we have an offensive pass interference penalty, and we decline it, and we give him a chip shot, forty three yard field goal, when it would have been third and twenty three. Piggybacking off the caller earlier, like McDermott struggles with game game management. I want to know your thoughts on that. Thanks, man. I'll hang up and listen. You know, it's a fair question. I, I don't think I'm going to look at a play like that and necessarily think back and question it. Here's the reason why. And and I, you decline those penalties when it becomes fourth down, right? Um, because what you don't want to happen is you accept the penalty, you make it third and 23 or whatever it would have been, and a fluky play happens, they break a couple of tackles, and they get a first down, and then they extend the drive, right? Um, so I think from that perspective, that is pretty universal that on a third down and long play, uh, and there's a penalty that you decline the penalty uh, pretty much regardless of the situation. Obviously, there are situations, nothing's absolute, but the ideology behind that, uh, it's to me a little nitpicky, but listen, I mean, it's not a lot of things you can't throw, throw stones at tonight about, so I, I get it. Let's go to James in Florida. James, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, James. Hey, guys. I just want to say that, honestly, listening to the, the interview with Josh, and thank you for taking my call, he accepted the, the garbage he did, which was a lot, and he's still our guy. Let's go and try and beat the Raiders next week. He had arguably one of his worst performances since his rookie season, right? And there was a lot of perfect things that happened both on defense and special teams that just 
why we lost this game. Outside of Josh throwing all those terrible turnovers. But honestly, our offensive corner did not make that many bonehead um, calls. I think our tight ends, especially in the first half, made some plays, both Knox and our first-round pick. And I really thought our running backs did well catching the ball in the backfield. But Josh made some bad plays where their turnovers are, are taking sacks. And our right tackle just cannot block. And that's kind of on Bean and McDermott not addressing that during the offseason. So it was a perfect storm. But the season's not over yet. Benching Josh isn't going to help. And pointing fingers isn't going to help. He did, I believe in the interview, said it was on him. And he's going to get better. He's proven it before. Not let. I'm, 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 I, and I agree with a lot of your points. I really do. Some of the play calling wasn't perfect, but I really do think we could have won this game, and it would have been close. But Josh did not have a good game. Yeah, I. And here's the thing, James. And th- and thanks for the call. Listen, win or lose, the Bills win this football game. I don't. The mood of this postgame show is not as doom and gloom. But it still doesn't feel very good because something you said there, right? Josh is going to learn. Josh is going to get better. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ed Werder, though, of ESPN did tweet out, and this is after the second interception. That was Allen's 82nd turnover since 2018. That is the most in the league. He is somebody that, as great as he is, he is the Brett Favre of his generation. The problem, though, he is going to run into, Brett Favre was one of one for his most of his career. And with guys like John Elway, had yeah. a run-first system. I mean, he was the only guy, really, in his generation that was allowed to sling the football and use his arm talent. Allen does not have that luxury. He has guys like, if we're just looking at arm talent, Herbert and Mahomes, who are much more safe, or I guess, I guess, take care of the football better. Risk-averse. Risk-averse. And Mahomes, who is a guy who talked, what, last year about the fact that first two, first two years in the career, he was essentially just kind of winging it. I mean, like, this is the problem where Allen just, his lack of patience, his lack of just, dude, it's okay to not go for the you know end-all, be-all ball here because it's in the second quarter of week one and you're facing a good defense. I mean, like this is where they do run into problems. This is why they haven't been able to – let's just not even look at the playoffs because he has been very good in the playoffs. But in just the regular season, this is why you haven't been able to get past the Kansas City Chiefs of the world because you're throwing away games like to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jets now with Zach Wilson, at quarterback, two years in a row. And it's just it's, – it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. I thought before the start of the season, the billsy loss they'd have because they've had him in you know, two straight years now would be Tampa Bay later on in the season on Thursday Night Football. If he doesn't figure that out, there are teams out there that are just waiting to pounce on you. Yeah, it. it's just, to me, understanding its maturity. It's something that I wrote about last year, which was composure. And how I believed after the Miami game that this was a team, not just Josh Allen, but in general, that lacked composure and that I felt like it would come back to haunt him. And I got people roasted me for it because I was overreacting to one game. 
Um, feels like I couldn't have been more spot yep. on about that. Yep. Which, which is weird because there was maybe was it 2020 where Allen and the Bills seemingly like could not lose in the fourth quarter. Like they just when when the situations tightened up, they seemed to play best. And it seems like post 13 seconds, this team really just it tightens up in almost the worst ways. Where Allen just becomes the sugar high Allen of the 2019 wild card game, where he's just throwing up you know 50 yard bombs to fullbacks and the defense as well over pursue to hell I, I really the only person that doesn't seem to really just fall apart in these big time moments is Stefan Diggs and we saw it at the end of this game too where just throw the ball to Diggs doesn't matter that Sauce Gardner was on him what was Diggs five for five when he was targeted with Sauce Gardner yeah. on him I mean like it he seems to be the only person that doesn't absolutely lose their mind when the going gets tough and it's it's very very frustrating this team either blows teams out it feels like or they play not even just down to their competition but way worse and talent has to will themselves to a win, and 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 with maturity. Allen, you're 27, man. You're not considered a young quarterback anymore. Any graphic ESPN does, you're not on it anymore because you're not 25 and under. <laughs> like he's not going to be considered a young quarterback. Eventually, you got to start. You're the veteran. You got to mature a little, and you've got to not make the same mistakes week in, week out, week in and week out, year in, year out. And you know that's. Um... I think that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. All right, let's uh, hear from Bills head coach Sean McDermott, who's at the podium. Um, obviously didn't play our best game tonight. Um, you know, it was, we made it honestly pretty hard on ourselves. We had to turn the ball over four times. Um, it's hard to win in this league, and you're, all, you're playing two opponents, the one on the other sideline and yourself, and that's what we did tonight. Um, and that's not, that's not the right formula to win games in the NFL. Um, all three phases, right? So you got you got to play complimentary football, and we didn't do that either tonight. Um, so we got to make the adjustments we have to make, and uh, get ourselves ready in a short week here, going forward. Sean, it's um, you know, I mean, it's kind of become a trend that their defense has really had its weight with their offense. Can you explain what they do so well that gives Josh so much trouble? No, they got. I give them credit. They've got good players. Um, in terms of, and they fly around, they play, they play fast. They don't do a lot um, schematically, but they play fast and know their assignments um, and do a good job. So give them credit. At the end of the day, they won the game. Um, but when you turn the ball over four times, um, again, that's uh, we beat ourselves too. Josh had talked about Sean in the offseason making a, an effort to lift turnovers, and he expressed frustration and pointed the finger at himself in here, as you probably would expect with some of the decision-making, throwing into coverage, that that sort of a thing. I know you haven't looked at the film yet, but but can you at least diagnose some of that and ID what, what might be going on there? Yeah, I mean, he knows. He knows uh, he can play better. I, I know he's capable of playing better. He's, he's capable of playing smarter as well. Um, and, we, and he's got to do that for us to, number one, stay healthy, and then number two, uh, to take care of the football. He's more than capable of doing with the turnovers and stuff, it's all you're still right in the game. It's almost it's, it's eerily reminiscent of the games last year where you have to actually help opponents beat you. Like that's the only way teams can beat your guys if you guys help them. And I know you said that at the top, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we make it, we make it we've made it hard um, on ourselves, right? Not setting ourselves up with good in good field position, and then. Um, you know, helping them with good field position. When it's usually when you turn the ball over, it's 
it's very rarely, you know, you're not pinning them down on a whole lot, right? So it's it's the whole formula of all three phases feeding one another and, and setting each other up. And, um, I mean, go across the league. When you, and I don't know the stats this week, this past week, but week one in the NFL, um, you know, tell me who, who lost a turnover battle and won, right? In this case, we lost four to one on the turnover end of things. So, um, look, it's an entire team. It's, it's not just one person. It starts with uh, us as a coaching staff and making sure we're putting the players in the proper position and then taking care of the football. Um, I thought we did some good things tonight at times, and then there's other times where there's just too much, um, too much handing them the game at times. Was there you had pinned them down at the four? Was they go to three tight ends? Was there any consideration to go into base defense? I know you used the big, yeah. brought Tyler in bigger, a little bit bigger. Yeah, uh, we just we we were out of ga- out of our gaps there on that long run. Uh, we had an eight-man front defense, um, but we we were we were misaligned a little bit there and. Um, is something we'll learn from. John, the, uh, in overtime, you got the penalty to start the drive, and it's, it's second and 15. Why, why a running play in that situation? You put, you in, put you in a third and long there. Yeah, I really felt like most of the night, we our first down efficiency wasn't great. Uh, we were off schedule, um, and, and when you're against a good defense, it's it's hard to come back from being off schedule. you got to stay on schedule. First down efficiency is important, so you stay ahead of the chains and, and in the favorable third down or second down situations to set up a third down, um, so you stay two-dimensional and as an offense, and that's where it's harder as a as a defense to, to know what you're about to do, but when you're off schedule and you're in the, in the gun and you're and you're uh, in the drop back game, that's that's an unhealthy thing. Whether you're running or throwing, and um, you know, obviously the, the goal was there to, to get more than we got out of it uh, in that run in particular, but um, just just not enough on schedule offense. Sean, in the preseason, there were, there were special teams issues in the preseason. I understand the personnel is different, but how much of a concern is this a trend as opposed to just one bad cover tonight? Yeah, no, it's a concern. Um, I have confidence in those guys and coach, and um, you know. I didn't feel like I, I just didn't feel like we were populated enough down there. There, there just wasn't enough bodies down there um, on that last one I'm talking about. And um, give them credit; that was a good return, but uh, not enough population around the ball, probably more than anything. It's the first game of the season. It's Monday Night Football. There's a lot of anticipation. It's Aaron Rodgers, and then it's not. Did that change anything from your perspective? Obviously, the fans had a different reaction, but when he leaves the game, does that? Factor in. How does that change? Oh yeah, I mean, there's, there, you know, with all due respect to to Zach, they're, they're two different quarterbacks just from experience alone, right? So, um, and that's when you're saying, hey, we're up 13, 13, three. I think it was at halftime. And you're saying, take care of the football, be smart, um, and we weren't smart. And again, that's you shoot yourself in the foot. It's hard to win games. When you mentioned knowing that Josh is capable of playing better, and this has been an ongoing conversation, just turnovers and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I'm telling him you got to, we got to be smarter, and and he knows better, and um, can't do that. And the coaches are doing the same. And listen, he's hard on himself. You guys know him. He's hard on himself. Uh, he wants to win, and sometimes that's that's what at times uh, gets the best of him, right? And and so just taking what the defense gives you, and that's a good defense again, and they make you. You know, when they play the way that they do, they make you do things that you don't want to do, but it can't be to that extent like it was tonight. Um, so you know, we got to learn from this. 
um, and bounce back on a short week here. Sean, going back to the punt that led to the game-winning touchdown, it looked like you had the coverage going to white because the punt came off to the left. What was your perspective on that? Yeah, you know, I think the punt ended up in the middle of the field, um, somewhere between the hashes, if I'm not mistaken, or around there. Um, that's not usually a good formula when the ball ends up down the middle of the field, so uh, we'll have to look at that and, um, you know, look at it on tape and know specifically. Um, you never want the ball usually kicked down the middle. You usually want it, you know, outside the numbers, either either sideline. Sean, was there any consideration to kicking the ball in overtime given the rules? Yeah, I mean, we, we always think about, hey, you know, different things. Regulation, obviously, our regular season is obviously different than the, than the, than the postseason now. And, um, but we had an opportunity to go win the game, and we didn't get it done. Sean, what's your message to the team now? Yeah, learn, we've got to learn from this. It is, like I've told you guys, it's, it's one game. Um, but it, but we have to learn fast because it's a short week in particular. Get our get their bodies back and, and their minds back, ready to go at home this week against a good football team. And um, so, um, but they've we've got to learn from this. We talk we talk about it a lot, and uh, um, you know it's again it's hard to win in this league when you turn the ball over four times. You talked about Josh being hard on himself, and he talked a lot this offseason about wanting to make better decisions and not turn the ball over. How do you kind of make sure this doesn't become a trend or he doesn't get too in his head about nights like tonight? Well, it's a journey. Uh, it's a long season in the NFL, and uh, unfortunately sometimes you have to be reminded of these things, um, and it hurts with a loss, right? Um, and so, I mean, it's a constant constant reminder of uh, during the, during the week of hey take care of the football take the football away that wins games when you do that and um, or in this case it it loses games so uh, we just make it made it awfully hard on ourselves tonight Sean do you ever I mean it's one game right I, I, I get it and he has a he's been resilient with some adversity and you ever worry about his confidence sure yeah I mean everyone everyone um, mentally is up and down it's like I said the journey of a season so um, he's just, I mean, he's an, he's an extremely competitive young man that, that wants to be the best. And, um, and so, um, he's just got to use what he has around him. And, and, um, and I, I thought the drive at the end was phenomenal, right? And the end of, end of regulation there was phenomenal. I mean, with, with, uh, just the rhythm we were in, uh, the throws he made, um, I thought the protection was pretty good as well, and, and um, I mean, I thought that was a heck of a drive to go tie the game, and then T, T. Bass made a great kick. Um, so that's what he's capable of, and um, you know, now it's just about getting everybody back in the right spot. So, Coach, just to be clear, it wasn't Sam out kicking the coverage; it was just getting bodies yeah, I, down the field. Well, I, I got to go look at it, Chris. Okay, to, to, okay. I mean, you're talking about a punt at this point, right? I know it was somewhere down, down the middle. On, on the on the uh, on the catch. So um, where I'm standing, there's a scrum of people trying to trying to get to the ball carrier, and there's a wall of people, and it's hard to see exactly where everyone was or wasn't. So we got to diagnose that on on the film here. So going back to what you said about being off schedule, how much do you think that contributed to the turnovers? Yeah, I mean, if you if you study turnovers around the around the NFL around the game, a lot of turnovers take place when you're off schedule, when you're behind the sticks or what we call in the red. Um, and uh, that's not a good place to be. And so when you're in that, those situations, you've got to be smart knowing that, hey, uh, pretty much a one-dimensional offensive thought in those situations, but they know it's one-dimensional also. And so you just got to be smart with the ball and, and, um, and don't put yourself uh, or the ball in harm's way.
All right, that is Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. And Sean McDermott's Coach's Podium is brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at northtownauto.com. Going to take a timeout. On the other side, we'll continue taking your phone calls, read your tweets, get through uh, the next 30 minutes or so, and uh, put a bow on this, bury it, and hope that Sunday is better. More on the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is the Buffalo Bills. This is Buffalo Bills football. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. The Bills lose 22-16, to and the difference maker of the game is Stefan Diggs. It's brought to you by Independent Health. At Independent Health, you'll find more than 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills, of course. Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. Let's get a quick eye on the quarterback, which is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen again in this game, finishing 29 of 41, 236 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Josh was sacked five times for a combined 19 yards and finished the game with a 62.7 quarterback rating. He also added 36 yards on the ground on six carries. Let's go back to the phones and get... Chris in Washington has been waiting patiently. Chris, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Chris. Hi. Um, so, yeah, you, earlier you said that this was a bit of scar tissue. Um, I beg to differ. Uh, when you're coached by Sean McDermott and you're managed by Brandon Bean, this ain't scar tissue, my friend. This is a fact of life. Uh, let's call a spade a spade. This team has not been the freaking same since the KC game. It's the same damn core, and they look shell-shocked every single time they get punched in the mouth. They play up to competition hardly ever, but they play down every single time. Today was a great opportunity for, to take a step for the one seed. KC loses. Cincy loses. I'm a big believer in the Chargers. They lose again. It's just missed opportunity after missed opportunity with this regime. Being has not corrected several freaking holes that he has built. We got Kair Elam. We traded a fourth-round pick just to trade up to get this guy. He's a healthy scratch. That is an embarrassment. Terrell Bernard, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Cody Ford, Dorian Williams, Boogie Basham, Spencer Brown. These are all players drafted in the first three rounds that have done nothing for this team except just hurt them i mean at what point are we just going to call a spade a spade mcdermott is not the leader for this team miami gets an offensive coach they're they're freaking throwing for 460 yards we're we're talking about ken dorsey how about we get a freaking offensive coach in here that can freaking coordinate the damn thing we got sean mcdermott calling defense my goodness (laughs) it's unbelievable the, the caller earlier was absolutely right. Declining that penalty uh, did not give them a third and 23 and give them a 50-yard field goal. I mean, what if we sack Wilson there? They're punting. I mean, this is absurd. Everybody makes excuses for this guy. When are we going to learn? I mean, nobody in the media will ever give him a tough question. Well, All these I, let me say this, Chris. You could give Sean McDermott a lot of tough questions. He's going to answer them the same way. 
No, but can we I, – I, okay, whatever. You understand. I mean, refute what I just said. Do you have one damn thing to say about any of that? Because I've been saying it for five years since we had this freaking guy. He is if, – if, since that KC game, if you were on that team with the same core, would you have any belief that you were ever going to come back from adversity ever again? If you're well, – if your boss struggled like that, would you believe in him ever again? I, I would tell you this, Chris, and, and thanks for the call. And, and I know you're fired up, and a lot of people are fired up. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sean McDermott's career record is 62-36. and 36. He has a 63% winning percentage, which is like top 20 all-time. <laughs> He's 4-5 and five in the postseason. It's not been great. It's the biggest moments and that, I understand, is the frustration of you and a lot of people, right? It's these big moments where their composure, where their decision-making, where, you know, the combination of a long season falters and falls short. And I get that frustration. This is week one. You don't tend to learn a lot about teams week one. If you did, what would you... Uh, yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I, I don't want to be the guy telling people to relax a little tonight, but because I'll tell you, right before I got on air, I was probably right there with you, bro. Um, but I just think you got to provide and give yourself a little time to reflect and have perspective about a game that is like this. Josh Allen played piss poor. The offensive line played very poor. The defense did not run fit very well. Again, that is a recurring issue. So is Josh Allen's turnovers. And maybe you want Sean McDermott to have some better in-game decisions. All right. It's week one. Uh, I don't think that they were going to go undefeated this year. They're going to have a chance next week against a Raiders team that you feel pretty good about beating, right? I mean, they better beat the Raiders and get to one and one But you, I think a lot of you that know me, right, would say that I am as even-keeled, as fair, as critical when needs to be critical, 
and excited and supportive when those things are required, right? I, I think that if you know me, if you've listened to me over the years, if you've read the things that I've written over the years, I can be critical and not think twice about it. I don't feel obligated to be soft when they deserve critique. They deserve critique tonight. There is no doubt about it. I just, I maybe want to stop short of saying the sky is falling, quarterbacks should be benched, and head coaches should be fired, and offensive coordinators should be fired, and general managers should be fired. These are all, I think, normal things for any fan base in the position that the Bills fans have been in, which has been a a critical, pressure-packed pressure cooker for the better part of four years. Expectations create a high-level disappointment when those expectations aren't met, especially for this franchise, and I get it. It does feel like a little bit that you're wasting some of the best years of Josh Allen, and some of that's on Josh Allen, by the way. I think we can all agree that it's okay to be frustrated, that it's okay to look at this game and say that Josh Allen cost his football team the game. He said it. We agree. It's okay to say, you know, listen, they haven't drafted well. Not everybody, not many people draft well other than Philadelphia who gets like 60 lottery tickets a year. If you got 60 lottery tickets, you'd feel like you hit on a lot of them too. Philadelphia's also become like the new Baltimore where it just seems like every year just They just reloaded very quickly though. They just them and they're like, "All right, we'll They just take reloaded him. very quickly. They had a unique situation. They got a lot for a quarterback that was bad. They knew he was bad. They got rid of him quick, but they got a first round pick and then they had a top 5 pick that they traded back from and gained all sorts of assets. The Bills are not in that position. They're not in that position. They probably won't be in that position as long as Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean are here. I think Brandon Bean has done a phenomenal job putting this franchise in a position that they have not been in for 30 years. They are consistently good. They are consistently competitive. And in week one on Monday Night Football, you feel a little embarrassed. Maybe some of you feel a lot embarrassed. I feel embarrassed for the Bills. But again, I think perspective might be important tonight for you. Just to walk yourself away from the ledge, take an extra sip of your NyQuil tonight, sleep well, reel it in a little bit, throw some crazy takes on Twitter that you'll delete tomorrow. But at the end of the day, the season's not over. Are you going to turn on FS1 tomorrow and listen to Carton talk about this game? Absolutely bleeping not. I'm not going to listen to Nick Wright. And I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to First Take or any of these damn shows tomorrow. I suggest you don't for your mental health. Because it's going to be ugly and it will be deserved. But don't be like them. Don't be reactionary like the media will be tomorrow. The season is not over. They have a lot of opportunities. They've got 16 more opportunities. 15. To turn it around and look like the team we believe they can be under this same group. This sucks. This sucks. What sucks more is I feel like I am talking people off the ledge. I'm the crazy one. Yeah, it's not normally where you're I at. am the crazy one. I am unhinged. I am the one who needs consoling people. And I am the one consoling. I feel this is just, uh, this is time for, I got to retire soon. The, 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 the shoe has changed feet and I don't like it. You guys are supposed to be talking me off the ledge, not the other way around. Time out. Other side, we'll continue taking phone calls. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Before we get to the locker room, let's get a quick update from Zach. 
Well, Nate, week one is in the books, of course, with the Bills. 22-16 overtime loss to the New York Jets. However, some bad news for the Jets. Robert Sala in his postgame press conference pretty much all but confirmed that it is an Achilles injury for Aaron Rodgers. They are expected to get an MRI done for that tomorrow. However, Salah did say it is not looking good. That looks to be his season over with. With that being said, though, Salah also did confirm Zach Wilson would be the starting quarterback if that does happen to be the case. Some other scores from around the league. The Falcons take down the Panthers, and they ruin Bryce Young's debut of his career, 24-10. Browns dominate the Bengals, 24-3. However, neither quarterback played exceptionally well at all. We talked about Burrow in the last update. Only 82 yards, 45% completion percentage. Deshaun Watson, though, a horrifying pick early on in that game. He also threw under 200 yards as well. Weather did play a bit of a factor there. Cleveland gets the 24-3 win over their AFC North division rival. The Jaguars, 31-21. They also ruined Anthony Richardson's debut. He left that game early. However, he looks to be relatively healthy. Trevor Lawrence, though, looked very, very good. 75 completion percentage, 241 yards, two touchdowns. And Calvin Ridley, Nate, 11 targets, 8 catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. It's pretty the good. Play, the play of the day, Zay Jones' touchdown in the corner of the end zone was a beauty. Five catches for him, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Titans lose to the Saints, 16-15. The Packers, with Jordan Love, 38-20 over the Bears. The Eagles escape Foxborough, 25-20. They, at one point, were leading that game 16-0 early. And after that, they looked absolutely dead in the water. They ended up escaping with that win. And the Rams, they smothered the Seahawks. 30-13. Scores around the league delivered to you by UPS Doors. Be unstoppable. All right, let's go live to the locker room, and let's hear from Bill's safety, Jordan Poyer. And it's brought to you by Reimer Home Services, your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Help our offense and find ways to get the get the ball back to our offense in better field position. We didn't do that enough today. Um you know, we got one takeaway. Matt made a great play, but we got to find more. There's more out there, and uh, we got to help our offense and our special teams uh, with field position. Like plays, especially from Brees Hall there. What, without looking at the film, do, do you think were the breakdowns there? Um, you know, I know one was just an alignment issue, just something that, you know, it, that we that we can easily fix. And, um, you know, we'll have to go back and look at the film. You know, I think... You know, for the most part, you know, once we kind of settled down, they had, I think, two or three, you know, big, big runs um, that we got to find find ways to fix. And like I said earlier, uh, just find ways to get our offensive ball and uh, in better field position. And as a leader, how do you handle and, and tell the guys to respond to this week one, this type of loss? <laughs> it's week one. Um, you know, uh, we got 16 more that are promised. Um, we got one promise for sure next week uh, at home. So, uh, you know, we got to learn from this one and, and really dive into it and, and figure out the, you know, how we can cross some T's and dot some I's and, and move move on quick because uh, it's a short week. They went to three tight ends. Uh, they had, I think the long run was on a three tight end. You guys, I think, answered with the big big nickel, right? Yeah. I mean, you brought in the Taylor. Uh, you know, did you kind of expecting them to show you some three Tight end, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we we practice every personnel group, um, you know, all week. Uh, you know, they came back with some runs that they that were successful for them, and we had to make some adjustments, um, you know, on the sideline and the halftime. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, we got to find ways to get the ball back to our offense and better field position, and uh, and help them help them. 
All right, that is Bill's Safety. Jordan Poyer, once again, it's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC, plumbing, and electric needs. Time out. Other side, we'll get uh, Taryn Johnson as well and hear from him from the locker room. Uh, that's on the other side. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. All right, welcome back to our final segment here on the Buffalo Bills postgame show. Let's go live to the locker room and hear from Bills corner Taryn Johnson, and it's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC, plumbing, and electric needs. From your perspective, what happened on both the first run of the game, a long run, and then later on the 80-plus yard run from the four? Uh, we had a basically a guy at our gap. In our, in, in, was that the first run? It was the first play of the game, 26-yard gain. Brees gets loose on the left side a little bit. I got to see the tape for that one. Uh, one of the other ones, though, they were on, they were backed up, and it was a long run. Um, that one, I think we, we had a guy outside of our gap right there, and I, I don't think we were lined up correctly. When I saw the tape, I don't think we were lined up correctly. What uh, what changed game plan wise, if anything, once you knew Aaron was out of the game? Did you guys play Zach any differently? He's a little more mobile. Uh, we pretty much kind of played him the same, just trying to give him different looks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we didn't really stop the run. So that was pretty much our downfall. Not to say that our defense didn't play well, but I just feel like there was a couple plays where we should have stopped the run and they got big plays off it. How much of just the game length, the number of plays the defense played, humid field out there, first game of the season played into anything for you guys? Uh, it was cool. It wasn't too bad. Um, I felt like we were in pretty good conditioning, and then we got a couple three and outs and stuff, so I felt like that was uh, good by the defense. I felt like we were in shape. It's just we we got to take the ball a little bit more if we're going to turn the ball over. I've been around here long enough through a lot of wins and some tough losses. I mean, just talk about recovering, you know, real quickly in week number two here, how you guys get back after it. I mean, it's a week-to-week league. I mean, this kind of reminds me of losing to the Steelers, I think, in 2021. I think that was. So this kind of reminds me of that. And, I mean, it's a new week, you know what I'm saying? Um, just go back to the drawing board and, 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 and clean our stuff up. All right, that is Bill's nickel corner, Taron Johnson, following tonight's disappointing 22-16 to loss on Opening night of Monday Night Football, and uh, to Terrence's point, uh, got to bury this one and get ready to on a short week to play the 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders at home in the Bills' home opener. Jeremy and Joe will be with you, um, we'll call it five hours from now, for more reaction on your Buffalo Bills Football Tuesday. And uh, I will be back on pregame with Jeremy White starting at 8 a.m. sharp on Sunday for Bills and Raiders. For me, Nate Geary, for my producer here, Zach Jones, we appreciate you listening to tonight's uh, tonight's edition of the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is Buffalo Bills football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.